We are in the middle of a series here called Fighting Fair. And we, we began this series with a premise. So a couple weeks ago, I started with a premise that you can tell the health of a relationship by how two people fight. And this is whether it's a married relationship, whether it's you with your parents, you with your children, you with your coworkers. You can tell the health of a relationship by how two people disagree and how they fight. So in the first week, we talked about how Jesus said that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And, and, and I told you this, that the words you say during a fight were in you before the fight. It wasn't the fight. It wasn't the stress. It wasn't, it wasn't your spouse. It's not your first-generation parents. No. The words you say during a fight were in you before the fight. And then last week, we looked at a teaching of Paul out of the book of Ephesians, where he talked about anger. And, and you heard that, if you were here last week, you heard that in your anger, do not sin. Do not give the devil a foothold. Because Paul knew that just under the surface of anger lies the potential for a whole lot of sin. Just below the surface. So you don't even want to give the devil a foothold. Because if you give him that, unchecked, he sets up base camp in your heart and soul. And so with that, because Paul knew that, we know that. And we know that anger, and, and so last week I told you that anger is always a secondary emotion. Anger is always a secondary emotion. There is always, always, always a primary emotion beneath the anger. And I gave you two illustrations, two word pictures, that anger is a lot like a dashboard warning light, you know that check engine light on your car that's on right now, like mine is, okay? Anger is like a, that check engine light. It tells you something's wrong under the hood, that when you get angry, it tells you something is wrong, something's going on inside you that's not right. I also told you that anger is a lot like an iceberg. What you say and feel out here is just the 10% that's on the top of the iceberg. Everything else going on deep inside you, below the anger, that's the 90% under the surface of the water. So that gives you a little bit of picture of anger. And now today, today we're going to talk about communication. Particularly, two communication skills that every person needs to know. Every one of us, every one of us needs to know these two communication skills. Now, today's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little less of a Bible teaching and more of sort of a skills workshop. I thought I'd split right in the middle of the series here and, and teach you some skills, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But, but these two skills, these two skills that everybody needs, all of you, all of us need, these two skills will help you communicate better. They will make your spouse appreciate you more or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or your parents, okay? They will result in fewer disagreements that turn into fights. Because we all have disagreements. We, we can't escape that. But these two skills will result in fewer disagreements that turn into fights. And lastly, these two skills will allow you to resolve conflicts better. Intrigued? Sounds like it's something that's worth it? Well... Well, I'll tell you what they are, but not yet. So first, I want to start with some scripture. I want to start with some of the, the biggest, best statements that God has made about communication. 
Because I want to start here so we all get anchored into what God's view of communication is. So sit back and, and listen and absorb some of these. They aren't going to be on the screen because I, I really want you to just listen and, and try to pull out some big picture ideas here about how God views communication. Here we go. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Therefore, each of you should put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building others up. Are you starting to get a picture? Are you starting to get a sense of what God sees, what God's vision for communication is? So communication is meant. God means for our talking to build people up to bring life to other people. We are meant to speak truthfully and gently. Our, our, our words should improve situations, not make them worse. How many times have your words made a situation worse? God desires for our words, our communication, to improve situations. One of my favorite things to say when someone will send me a, hey, thanks for doing this, or, or I love the sermon, or I appreciate this, um, I, I love to return back to them, thank you, your words have brought me life. Your words are sweet to my soul. So are your words like that? Are your words, your communication, in whatever relationship you want to think about today, you and your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your parents, your children, your boss, your co-workers, your friends. What are your words like? Now, there's something interesting about the way the Bible talks about communication. It should be uplifting, encouraging, truthful, life-giving. So the Bible tells us a lot about the what communication should look like. But the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about how. Did you notice that in those verses? There's not a whole lot of advice about what do I do when I disagree with my husband, my wife, my friend? How do I tell somebody that I'm hurt by something that they said? You just don't find that in Proverbs. So what today is, today is the how to accomplish the what. So today is the how. These two skills I'm talking about, these two skills are the how to live out what the Bible talks about in communication. That's why I believe it's worth a Sunday. Of all the communication things and skills I've seen and read and practiced, these two have been some of the most successful things I have ever learned and that we've ever taught. And so, so think, about, think about it like that, that what we're going to talk about today, this is the how to live out the what that the Bible teaches. 
about our communication. So what, what are the two skills? Well, first is how to talk about good things. Believe it or not, we kind of mess up how to talk about good things. We call these affirmations. And then the second skill is how to talk about tough things. How to talk about tough things. We call that I statements and reflective listening. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about those two things. About affirmations and then I statements and reflective listening. Um, so, now some of you have heard this before. Some of you have heard this before because Pofo and I, we teach this to every single couple we ever sit down with. Because they're that good and they're that important for a successful, healthy relationship. They are that important. So some of, you, some of you have already heard some of this. And if you're living it out, you rock. You can come up here and help preach this with me. If you're not, then you need a reminder. It's glad you're here. Okay. So why would I spend time on a Sunday? I, I firmly believe, I firmly believe in preaching God's word from the pulpit on Sundays. And, and that's what I strive to do every single Sunday. So why would I take a Sunday and talk about skills that you could probably read from a pop psychology book that you could order off Amazon. Why would I do this? Well, three reasons. One is that these two skills that I have found to be some of the best ways to live out God's high calling for communication. And hopefully that's an impression you got as I read through those eight verses. God has a high calling for communication for his followers. These two things, one of the best ways to live that out. Okay? Second, communication skills are some of the easiest things to learn in a relationship. Okay? Much easier than last week we talked about, like last week we talked about anger, next week we're going to talk about forgiveness. Those are hard to work on. Communication skills are easy. So for you in your marriage, in your relationship, dating relationships, this is probably one of the easiest ways to quickly improve your relationship. So that's the second reason. Third reason, quite honestly, is these two, these two skills kind of saved our marriage. Because we learned these really early on, and they did. They kind of saved our marriage. And so I'm actually going to have Pofo come up here as well to, for us to share a little bit about what these were like in our own marriage. So for me, I didn't come into marriage with a whole lot of communication skills, particularly talking about emotional stuff inside me. I could intellectualize with the best of them. I could talk about what's going on during the day, what's going on in current events. But if you asked me to start talking about myself, I would choke hard. <laughs> I did not come in with a lot of skills. I also didn't listen very well. I was much more focused on talking. And so very early in our marriage, we were a part of a young couple's, a young marriage group at our church, and we learned these skills. And so for me, these, excuse me, the, the, the I statements and reflective listening were totally new. And what they did for me was they got me focused on sharing about my emotions and not just my actions. I could talk about my actions, but I couldn't really talk about my emotions. And then the other one is, I did not listen very well to her. I did not work really hard at understanding where she was coming from. In fact, it was about seven years later into marriage where 
she finally told me what was going on. I was like, oh my gosh, you were feeling that this whole time? And I was clueless, like most of us guys. Okay? So these, these little simple skills kind of transformed how I saw marriage. And for me, I came into our relationship with really high expectations of what Greg was supposed to be like and what he was supposed to do. And so very early on in our marriage, I was disappointed in Greg. Like, he could never do anything right. Uh, and even when he did something right, it wasn't quite good enough. Um, and all I saw throughout the week were his faults. And so in the uh, couple's in the young couples group that we went to, every week we had to turn to our partner and say in front of everybody what we appreciated about him or her. Which meant I had to start thinking about what has Greg done or what is he like that I appreciate? And that radically changed how I viewed Greg. Because without that skill of affirming him, all I would have done was picked apart the things that he wasn't doing right. And so affirmation saved our marriage in the sense that it allowed me to refocus on why I married him in the first place, because I had forgotten, and my eyes were like totally glued to his faults and did not even affirm him for the things that he was doing well, and most of all, for who he is. So affirmations are powerful, especially for us ladies. So I kid, I kid you not. I mean, these two skills not only saved our marriage, but I do believe that they are the best ways that you could live out God's high calling for communication. Okay? So, um, so we're actually going to pass out. I've got a little card with what we're going to talk about here. It's, it's a little wallet-sized card. You, you literally can keep this in your wallet, stick it up on the fridge. If you want the digital one and you want to put it on your phone, I'll, that's already up on our, our website. We have, we have a new article section where every week we're going to be posting up articles. I already have this information is up online. Okay? So in case you doze off a little bit, I won't be offended. Go hit up our website. It's right, scroll on down to the first page, one of the first recent articles. Okay? So, so as they pass out these cards, you can take a look at them. And we're going to start with talking about affirmations. We're going to start with talking about affirmations. Now, as Pofo talked about, it is really easy in a relationship to focus on the negative. Because those are the things that kind of get under your skin. But what's amazing about affirmations is it forces you to think of the positive. It forces you to think of the positive in your husband, in your wife, in your children, in that, especially that strong-willed child, that naughty one that you joke about with all of you, to all of your relatives, to that annoying coworker. All of this, it forces you to think of the positive. Now, what's interesting for most of you, um, most of you are Hmong, grew up in a Hmong household, and I'm really intrigued at one of the religious characteristics of traditional shamanism, and that is the, the resistance and originally even the prohibition that parents should not compliment their children because if they complimented their children, the spirits would come take them away. Have you ever heard of that? And that, that's actually the roots. That, that is the spiritual roots of you being disappointed that your parents never had anything nice to say about you. 
You know that? Because uh, for, for strict shamanists, that there is that sense you don't want to compliment your child because the spirits will come take them away. And whether your parents are shaman, Christian, or agnostic, that value is still deeply rooted into the culture. And in fact, the truth is most East Asian and Southeast Asian cultures have some element of that. So for many of you, you're already at a disadvantage because you, you, for many of you, you did not grow up hearing affirmations and therefore you, as you've shifted into adulthood, it's not really a part of the way you talk. So this might be very new and even uncomfortable for a lot of you, but that's okay, that's okay. So, so this card describes it, if you see on it, it has a little picture of like husband and wife, but honestly, this works, this works between friends, this works between boyfriends and girlfriends. I actually used one of these, the next one, the I feel statements um, and the reflective listening, I actually used that with my boss once a, in a tense situation. So you can use this in any relationship you have. So let's talk about it. The purpose of this, the purpose of affirmations is to publicly recognize the good in someone else. It's to publicly recognize the good in someone else. So you'll see some of the bullet points on the card there. That So first, sit knee to knee, eye to eye. Okay? So don't, don't be sitting on your phone, hey, hey, thanks, hon, for, for doing that. No, that's, that's not what this is about, okay? Um, don't, don't do the guy thing of standing side by side talking to each other, but both staring off into some point in space up here. Don't do that, okay? You turn knee to knee, eye to eye. And if that, if you start getting uncomfortable, then just start there. That's your one-on-one -on -one class right there. Just to be able to go knee-to-knee, eye-to-eye with someone that you care about, that you're in relationship with. Okay. Second, be short and specific. This is not the time to start into a whole speech about the good in your friend, in your wife, in your husband. One sentence. One sentence. Um, I, I want to affirm you for your integrity for telling the truth to your parents the other night. That's it. Not, I want to affirm you for your integrity for telling you the truth to your parents because I know it was really hard and they put a lot of pressure on you. So I know they were pressuring you to, to lie on the insurance form, but you didn't really want to. I, no. Slow down. <laughs> okay? One sentence. <laughs> if you got more, give them another one later. Save it up for tomorrow. Okay? So, one sentence. Also, this is the time to affirm character qualities. Affirming a behavior is, that's still good, but affirming a character quality is better. So I want you to listen to these two. Um, you know, Johan, I, I, I want to affirm you for taking out the trash last night. That's really cool. But now listen to this. I want to affirm you for your consistency because you take the trash out every single Tuesday night. See, one, you're, you're affirming a behavior. The other, you're affirming who God created them to be, their character qualities. Okay? Lastly, no backhanded affirmations. No backhanded affirmations. So what's a backhanded affirmation? It's, it's this. You know, I really want to affirm you for your thoughtfulness for cooking dinner because you never cook dinner. Okay, yeah, okay. No, no backhanded affirmations. No pat him on the head and slap him on the face, okay? This is a straight-up positive affirmation. You don't need to qualify it by taking a little jab at him. I appreciate that you cooked dinner. 
It was delicious. Leave it at that. Okay. So I want to give you an illustration. And so, Pofoa, come on up. And we'll do our best to be knee to knee. There we go. Okay, knee to knee. We can't go knee to knee. I'm like six inches up anyway. So, okay. Um, so, and, and we like to hold hands as well. So, before I want to affirm you for your initiative in, in tackling the giving letters the other night. Uh, it was wonderful. Thank you. Greg, I want to affirm you for being a great cheerleader who always sees the positive in me and other people. Kiss optional, but totally worth it. <laughs> Unless that's to your boss, then it just gets creepy. HR gets involved, terrible. Okay, so here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. Do this once this coming week, okay? That, that, that's your entry-level challenge. Do this once. Pick a relationship. If you're married, pick your spouse. If you're dating, pick your boyfriend, your girlfriend. If you're single, maybe a parent. Now, yeah, if, if, if your parent kind of freaks out, doesn't know quite what to do with a statement like this, that's okay, okay? Let them freak out. <laughs> um, but a, a friend, a coworker, take your pick. But that's my, so that's your entry level challenge. If you're up for it, do this every day the next, for the next week. That was the challenge in this, this young married couples group that we were in. That was what they challenged us with every day to do this. We didn't quite pull it off every day, but we did it regularly. And what's really cool, what's amazing about this is now this has become a part of our marriage. We don't have to look at the card anymore. We used to have this, in our first couple years of marriage, we had one of these uh, magnet, magnets stuck up to our fridge so we could see it. We don't have to use the card anymore because it's part of our marriage. It's part of our communication. Okay? So affirmations. If you want to bring life to someone, affirm them. Here's the amazing thing. So, so we've done affirmations, I can't even count how many times, with, with, on couples' retreats, in couples' groups, in churches, and countless times we have, had, we have seen people break down in tears because they've never heard something this loving and affirming from their spouse before. And it's amazing to see the life come into them. You talk about life-giving words, affirmations is the best way to do that. So if you want your words to give life to people, start affirming. Start affirming. That is the best way to live out how Proverbs talks about communication. Okay. The next ones, flip the card. The next ones we call uh, that I statements and reflective listening. So this is kind of a twofer, a little two-for-one here. I statements and reflective listening. Now, what this one, this one is something that involves when, when talking about tough things. Because we mess up talking about tough things also. We're too vague, we're indirect, we stuff it, we explode, we blame the other person. There's a litany of things we can do to mess up talking about tough things. What, what's amazing about this process, and this is, it's a process, it's a formula, there's no magic to it, but what this does is this slows down the tension. 
There's a lot of, a lot of push right now among police departments about learning how to de-escalate. Because unfortunately over the years, particularly these last couple of years, we have, a lot of, we have had a lot of situations that have escalated quickly and ended in the death very often of young black men. And so police are being trained heavily how to de-escalate. I think it's time for marriages and couples and kids of parents, especially stubborn ones, to learn how to de-escalate a disagreement. This right here is a great tool to de-escalate because it slows you down. It slows you down. When you want to amp up, this slows you down. And before and I started using, we learned this over 20 years ago. And early on, we literally, we, we, again, we had this up on our fridge. We would take the sheet and say, I feel blank when you blank. It was very formulaic and kind of awkward. But that's how you start learning something. You learn something with form, formality and awkwardness. But then if you commit to it, learning it, it becomes a part of you. And now what's amazing is when she and I start, when we, uh, disagreements come up and the tensions start to go and, and you know, you know the, the, the sentences get a little sharper, the voice gets a little louder, we know that when either one of us stop and says, okay, I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling unheard, I'm feeling disrespected, immediately we both know we slow down, we slow down, and we start following this formula. Uh, okay, so, so this, this idea, these I statements and reflective listening will, will help you share better and listen better, because you've got to be able to do both. If you have any relationship, you have to be able to know how to share and how to listen, okay? Because we mess up talking, we mess up the sharing, we say too much, we say too little, we attack, we're indirect, we're vague. And then we mess up listening. We mess up listening by interrupting. We start getting defensive. We assume things. We start getting intellectual. Those are all ways we mess up listening. This, this skill keeps all of that in check. Okay? So let's talk about it a little bit. There is a speaker role and a listener role. Okay, there's a speaker role and a listener role. So, so just, like, just like the little message here, the speaker begins with saying, I feel blank. And then you want to insert an emotion word. Okay, I feel rejected. I feel unimportant. You do not say, I feel that you're an idiot. Okay, that is not a good I statement. And the dead giveaway is if you know, if you say, I feel that, you're not saying an emotion. What are you going to say? I feel that angry? What? No. So that's the dead giveaway. If you ever say, I feel that, really what you're doing is you're sharing a thought. You're sharing an idea, not an emotion. So you want to you bring an emotion into this. Okay? Then, then the other person... The listener responds, oh, sorry, first you say, so I feel, I feel unimportant. I feel left out. When you, and then you state a clear, simple example of what the other person did or what they do. Again, not the time to go on a rant. 
I feel unimportant when you don't tell me about plans that you've made. Okay? Period. That's it. Not plans that you've made because you like your friends more than me and I get suspicious and I get scared and I get really low. No, 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 no. Back off. Close the crazy. Let's put a period on it, okay? <laughs> Let's slow down. That's the idea. It slows you down. Right? So then, then the listener responds with what I heard you say was, and then you repeat verbatim what they just said. What I heard you say is, you feel unimportant when I don't tell you about plans I make. Now, that sounds really simple, doesn't it? You will be astounded how difficult that is. Because what it shows, this very quickly shows we don't listen very well. Um, so what I heard you say was, you feel unimportant when I leave you out of plans I make. No, 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 no. Okay? That, and, and that's what the next question, did I get that right? And then they say, no, nope, it's I feel unimportant when you don't tell me about plans that you make. Okay, so what I heard you say is you feel unimportant when I spend time with my friends instead of you. Did I get that right? No. <laughs> and you, we've sat with couples, and they'll, ha they'll go through this three or four times. And it's amazing how quickly you realize I'm not a very good listener, man. <laughs> I, I do not listen. Okay, guys, it's time to fess up. I do not listen to my wife or girlfriend very well, man. They're just going, and I'm, I'm, I'm fishing, sports core, the new iPhone. I'm gone. <laughs> okay? It's true. That's what's amazing about this is it helps you see, okay, I got to focus more. So then they say, did I get that right? Yes or no? Yes, you got it right, or no, and then you go back to the beginning, and you repeat. How I feel is, or I feel when you blank, okay. And then, then they, you ask, is there more? And at this time, if you've, if you've really committed to this, your, your heart rate's slower, you're not as anxious, you're calmer. Then you could talk about, yeah, you know, like, I know you love going out with your friends, and, and I, but I just really miss you, and we both work full time. Then you could share a little bit more. Okay? That's, that's the beauty of that, is there more, okay? That is not licensed to unload, <laughs> okay? That's, it, but to talk about more about that topic, okay? So I want, I want to give you a demo here. And, and I'm not making this stuff up. This is a conversation that we had just last night, okay? <laughs> or two nights ago, I think it was. Um, and okay, so so uh, I I feel not listened to, and this isn't new because we talked about this two nights ago. Okay, so so I feel not listened to when you uh, when you repeat things that I've said without acknowledging that I said it. Greg, what I heard you say is that you feel not listened to when I repeat things that you've said but I don't give you, I don't acknowledge that you said those things. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Is there more? Because um, I, al I already feel really insecure when we talk, that you have better ideas than I do, and we'll just, we'll just do whatever you say. So I, so I already come into a conversation with a lot of insecurity, and so it's nice to feel affirmed 
for good ideas that I have. Then I could repeat that back. Which, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my turn? Yeah. Greg, I feel devalued when you and I together joke about how easy my life is. So what I heard you say was that you feel devalued when, when you and I together joke about how easy your life is. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Is there more? Um, I, th I think when we joke about it, I want to laugh with you, but then I, I want to defend myself because I don't think it's that easy. That's good to know. Thank you. So again, 20 years of practice we've been doing, and, and this is for real. I mean, th those are two very real things that we, we faced this week. So yeah, almost 23 years of marriage, and this is still saving us from fights. That's why I believe in this so much. Okay. So there you have it, is you've got, you've got a way to talk about good things, to affirm people. You've got a way to talk about tough things by slowing down using I feel statements and reflect back to the other person. And, and I, I can't say this enough, that these are two of the clearest, easiest ways to live out God's calling for his followers and the way we communicate. And I promise you, if you commit to this, if you commit to learning this, making it a part of yourself, I guarantee this will improve your marriage. This will improve your marriage in a matter of days because that's how powerful it is to affirm someone. That's how powerful it is for someone to feel heard. Trust me, husbands and boyfriends, your significant others want to feel heard. This will improve your relationship with your parents. Um, I can't even begin to imagine the challenges of a first-generation, second-generation parent-child relationship, especially as adult children. That, uh, that's a whole world of hard I can't even enter into. Okay, But this will improve it. It may be awkward, and here's the other thing. It doesn't always have to be reciprocated by a boss, by your parents. Remember I mentioned how I used this once with my boss? My boss actually got offended that I asked her to repeat back to me what I had just said. She got offended, and it ended up it was just part of a whole se sequence of things that pointed out some of the, the flaws in, in our um, department, but nonetheless, it was very, it was very helpful. So, so that's my challenge. You've got a week ahead of you until you come back to River Life. You've got a week. Now's your challenge to transform a relationship by affirming someone, giving life to them, and then working through a disagreement without destroying. Join me in prayer. God, you have a high calling for us in the way we talk to one another, the way we communicate with our spouses, our boyfriends, our girlfriends. You have a high calling that none of us can measure up to. 
Even with the best of these skills, Lord, we acknowledge that because of our selfishness, because of our sin, we cannot measure up to your calling for us. And that's why we are thankful for Jesus Christ. We are thankful for his death on the cross. We are thankful for his resurrection because he brings us life. He transforms our hearts. He allows our words to bring life to others. God, so we acknowledge that even that is from you. And we thank you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ that enables us to love other people. The gift of Jesus Christ that forgives our sins and transforms our heart into something better, greater, more loving than anything we could do on our own. So thank you, Father God. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen.